everyone. Welcome to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I hope you are all well and safe uh, wearing your protective gear if you decide you're going to take a chance and go out and that um, you're just being smart about it. Uh, There are plenty of great books to read and plenty of fabulous podcast to listen to in our network along with four video casts and soon to have audio dramas so there's plenty to do while you're sheltering safely at home with your loved ones um my guest today is tom pitts tom is like my brother i don't even remember how we met um all i know is i love his books i have always loved his books And I loved his point of view so much that uh, he actually is um, my colleague in this network. He hosts Skid Row Chatter. Um, Today we're talking about his new book called Cold Water, Um, another, to me, brilliant piece of writing. Um, Let's bring Tom on. Hello, my friend. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So I I had to laugh because... I was trying to prep for the show. You know, I have one more show after you, and so it's been kind of crazy. But um, <laughs> but I get the text message from you, and, it, and you said, I'm, I'm preparing for our interview. I'm hanging out with Bob. Now, you know, in, in, in women language, Bob is their battery-operated boyfriend. So I was thinking, okay, I'll bite. <laughs> Who's Bob? And lo and behold, lo and behold, Bob is your goat, which I did not know you have. And then, um, so I want to know how Bob, the goat, came to live with you, first of all. Well, okay, first, technically he's not our goat, although for the next six weeks or so, I think he is going to be our goat. Um, uh, but he acts like our goat, and we treat him uh, like a member of the family. Bob uh, uh, is is here doing Bob belongs to this uh, crazy character, Flash. Flash is one of like the original uh, Burning Man crowd, and he's just okay. Flash is a wild. Flash is a wild character. He's actually is he's he's a direct descendant from one of the uh, signers of the Constitution, and he's uh, uh, he's he's an old San Francisco character. I've known him for about thirty years, but presently Flash has decided to uh, uh, make a uh, career pivot into goat herding. He's got like the the goats that munch you know fields and yards and you know greenery. So uh, we took this one wayward loner goat that was kind of like the Rudolph, the one that you know, wasn't getting along with right. the others, and, and, and it was kind of a rescue goat, and uh, stuck him in our incredibly uh, overgrown backyard. And Bob's back there doing what God intended him to do, eat, 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 eat <laughs> like a caterpillar. <laughs> so you no longer need to mow the lawn, I'm assuming. You have you have Bob the goat. But, but in addition to that, then you said, well, we also have two pit bulls, a Belgian Malinois, a French bulldog, <laughs> one four-pound chihuahua, two rats, four chickens, and Bob, plus your wife, your daughter, and two sons. So um, so it, it's kind of crazy in the Pitts household, huh? Well, it is. We had we, – well, uh, one of my sons is, is not here, but the other one – it's a weird situation. Uh, you know, we have this tiny little apartment, and, and, and we were uh, – it was a one-bedroom. We gave our daughter the one-bedroom, so my wife and I were living literally in our living room slash kitchen slash bedroom. And, and had we still been stuck there, um, 
uh, uh, during the, the the shutdown, the the shelter in place, I'm pretty sure we would have been uh, uh, jailed for for attempted homicide by now. But uh, we we took over this tiny little shack in our backyard, where about 20 yards away, my son actually uh, uh, he's not renting it, uh, uh, he's subletting uh, uh, another little a tinier shack. So we have this strange little compound in our backyard, along with the chickens <laughs> and the goats and several dogs. <laughs> so, so, but, but you know, truth, I'm so grateful to have it during during this time. Now, I, you know, it's it's lush and it's green. I mean, it's green enough that we need a goat to eat it, and uh, uh, it's it's full and it's peaceful. And, and I and I'm yeah, for, for that I am grateful. Oh my gosh, um, that cracks me up. Uh, I knew that you were a dog lover. How do you keep acquiring all these dogs? Well, okay. The, the Belgian Malinois is uh, my son Logan's. Uh, Logan's twenty nine, so he's you know he's mm-hmm. a and he's a arborist, so he's got his own sort of life. But the dog is in the compound, so it's pretty much uh, with us. Funny side story: there's chickens uh, not only in the next yard because we gave them the chickens, but uh, about three yards up there's some really noisy chickens. And uh, the Belgian Malinois, which is like a German Shepherd basically, uh, right. has these long volleys of conversation with the chickens uh, two yards up. <laughs> and they, you know, the, ch- the chickens make noise and, and Gizmo howls and they go back and forth. It's the funniest <laughs> thing you've ever seen. Now, yeah. didn't you have you know, cats I, at one time? You had cats too, didn't you? Oh, I forgot. We got a big 20. How can I forget our 27 pound cat? We got a giant cat named Blix who uh, will strain your back if you pick him up. He's a monster. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it it is crazy. But uh, and, and uh, one, two of the dogs live upstairs, so they're not ours. So one, so we only have the chihuahua and the pit bull and the giant cat and two rats. Which, by the way, is the most entertaining show for all the dogs. They gather around like like children around Santa Claus and watch the rats uh, do their business. It's awesome. Oh, that's so bizarre. It's like Tom, Tom's home for wayward creatures. <laughs> Well, it's uh, yeah. I know I'm the grumpy guy who's stomping around saying no more pets, goddammit. And that's sure, something right. I say on a daily basis. Right, <laughs> and until and then you got Bob who loves you. You sent me a picture of Bob trying to eat your glasses. So. Yeah, getting uh, nibbling, nibbling my ears. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's you know, so funny. The rats were a recent addition because of uh, the shelter in place. I was fearing that my daughter was going insane in her room. She wasn't coming out. She wasn't communicating. So uh, I felt like maybe she could uh, benefit from some company. And she and, and, rats? and she does. And she loves them. Rats? Yeah, rats are the best. Rats are the best pets. Yeah, for kids. You can't. Sure. You couldn't like do a gerbil or something. Or gerbils, you know, like a. Dem- Gerbils are mean. Gerbils and hamsters are mean, oh, and they're, okay. they're they, rats. You can let out of the cage. You can let crawl on your shoulders, and you can handle them. And they're friendly, and they're smart, and they smell way less. Uh, yeah, rats. No rats. As far as those little rodents go, rats are a great pet. I I, I think they're they're uh, and they're smart and they're friendly, and you can you know they're like tiny little puppies. Okay, uh, if that's what you say, I'm I'm buying it all. You know, I am buying it all. So, um, Tom, I don't remember how we met. If we met at BoucherCon, or if I interviewed you, or what? I, I don't even remember. I, I, think, it. I think we were in. Con- you, when you mentioned it, I thought about it, and I think we were in contact. The uh, uh, maybe, maybe it was it's for the show or an interview or something, uh, but it was shortly before uh, Raleigh, and uh, that's the yeah. where I met you. 
because I remember right. the, uh, hobbling over to the to the restaurant with uh, the handful of other riders, uh, and right. I remember that that was the first time we had a, a long conversation, and you were uh, uh, you were moving slow because uh, you you had the cane going, oh, and my we, hip so we let bad. the other riders right. mark you. Yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, that's right. So that's um, what I recall. I and I my still my favorite novella of all time is Knuckleball. And I, I just love that book so much because it, it, it just blew me away. I'd never written, read anything like that. You, you kind of call yourself a neo-noir author, but really you're a storyteller of just, you know, the average Joe. And um, maybe that is neo-noir. I'm not really sure. But you've never been a, a series character guy. And um, and I appreciate that because all of your stories are very unique, uh, but they're very California themed. Is that an intentional thing for you, even though you're a Canadian American? Well, mm-hmm. I've lived in California since I was 17, so it, mm-hmm. I'm all my adult life has been uh, uh, here in California. So that's that's where I'm routed, rooted. If I was uh, uh, if I spent so much as you know, six months in Kansas. I'd write a book about Kansas. I mean, I was uh, going back and forth from Sacramento when I was writing this book, and that's why it's, I planted it, the start of it at least, in Sacramento. And it does, it ends up down in Malibu because I wanted to, I wanted to keep it Californian. I wanted to incorporate. It, it, it's because of the plot. There, there, there has to be a, a connection to Southern California. But uh, um, I really wanted to. Uh, uh, I. I, I so I'm sorry, my call, call is going, so it's, it's making me, my, my, my brain distracted. But uh, uh, in, in a nutshell, I wanted to do something in this book, keep it in Northern California, but not in the big city. The, uh, the suburban backdrop, the suburban setting is something that really doesn't get enough because it's not, it's not glamorous. It's, it's not cool, but it's really where – it's really where the hunger and crime and desperation in America is happening. You know, it's, it's in those, yes. uh, the cities outside the cities. Cause that's where people, that's where people are. That's gentrification pushes, uh, all of us, uh, all of us out. Um, before we talk about cold water, the new book, um, you said something to me that kind of dropped my jaw. You said, this may be your last book. And I was, first of all, I was devastated to hear that. But then I thought, okay, I know, Tom, there's something going on here. I know you've been working to get um, a screenplay written. Does that have anything to do with it? Well, uh, well, the screenplay is a separate. Uh, the screenplay's done. The screenplay's been uh, done for, good Lord, a year and a half. Uh, they've they've mm-hmm. renewed their option a couple times and that's 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 got its own sort of life and it's and, and I don't really touch it at this point. I, I've turned it in and that's uh uh but the reason I said it may be my last novel is you know, these these four books, uh these four novels uh, I call my Northern California Quartet. And and, and they are right. generally, like you said, California. But they're all sort of commonly themed as they're all kind of uh I, 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 they're, they're all crime novels that have pretty unsavory characters, and they're pretty right. uh, they're pretty raw. And uh, and I just I think it's not like a sort of pretentious. I've said all that I can say with crime fiction, and it's time for me to move on. It's not really like that. It's just that I've tried to write two other books, and uh, and, I, and they just haven't caught fire with me because I, I I I don't know whether I'm repeating myself or whether it's just not fresh enough for me. But I just felt like uh, I think I'm. Uh, uh, I think I'm done with it. at least the, 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 the approach that I was using for those four books. And truth be told, 
I'm 40,000 words into another book right now that I'm sort of, you know, I've been you know, floundering, frustrated, but it is, uh, it is markedly different. So I just, I just, I think I, I, I can feel, I'm sure the whole world, considering the, the pandemic feels like there's a, a change afoot, but, uh, sure. before this craziness, I was definitely feeling a, like a chrysalis. There was some sort of, uh, metamorphosis happening. But that's a you good know, thing, me, isn't it? I mean, that's a good thing. It is, but I, I, I feel kind of weird saying it though, because it sounds like you know, as an artist, I just felt like I needed to move on, which is kind of bullshit. It's just, you know, I, I you know, it's it's it, it's really more about how my sort of <laughs> my ability to sort of combat my life uh, uh, sort of changes, and 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 am I able to keep on creating? I don't know, but it's you know, it's nice to sort of take a. Uh, an airy view and say that, you know, I, I, am I'm, I'm, I'm trying something different and, and expanding my, my horizons, but, but really it's just, yeah, I'm not sure where I stand, you know, with, uh, are, it just, I you, just know it wasn't working. Do you still Pardon? enjoy writing? Do you still enjoy writing? Yes, but I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not doing it in my, my discipline is, is, is kind of warped. Uh, uh, I think mm-hmm. certainly during the, the shelter in place, I think a lot of writers have surprised themselves with all this free time and found out that their productivity productivity doesn't necessarily increase. <laughs> you know what I mean? I sure. still kind of move it the same. But uh but yeah, so, you know, when I'm when I'm locked in and, and I and it's and it's fun and I, I certainly do enjoy it. And when it's work I enjoy it too. You know, when it when it when it's not fun. So I guess, you know, it's not that. It's just that it wasn't uh I know when it's not working, and it, and it wasn't working, so I had to sort of change things a little bit. You know, I had you to do a pivot, change sure. my approach. Yeah, and that and involves a lot of weird technical stuff. Like, you know, I used to be that guy who took the Stephen King approach of, you know, find some characters, put them in a situation, and then the story will write itself. Well, guess what? That doesn't right. work anymore. So at the current Burke, I've had to really plot and plan and take a look at what. Uh, what, what what the end looks like? I've never had that before. I've never had a roadmap, and it's allowing me more freedom. But more than anything, I really kind of just wanted to. I say this every fucking time, though. I want to write something more character driven, <laughs> uh, more human, and then bodies start dropping. But uh, but I really, yeah, I I just I think I'm gonna make some sort of a, a shift, a break, if you will. Well, I think that's good, though. I mean, you know, if you're not feeling it and you don't, you're not inspired to do it, and you're saying, "Oh, this is the same old, same old," and you recognize that, then that's a good thing, right? I mean, that's that's a good thing to know, so that you're you're you know it, have the smarts to at least change it up somehow. Now, how you change it up, don't ask me, because you know I read, I don't write. I mean, I, I can barely send off a coherent email, so never mind, <laughs> you know, write a book. I can't. And it, and it's a lot of experimentation, too. You know, I think it's, you know, I'm going to, and it, you know, it feels like, it feels like dieting or actually some shit where I'm going to try oh, this God. and this is going to be my new method and you find out it doesn't work and you, you know, you adapt it a little bit. you better. hate it. You hate it. <laughs> You're talking diet well, exercise. I'm, I hate it. <laughs> Well, I, uh, 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 yeah, I, I, well, maybe exercise. Exercise is a, a direct reward you can feel. I've, I've never been much of a dieting guy. I will say, I'm putting the hunk back, uh, hunkering down here during this uh, uh, shelter in place because I've lost like 15 pounds. Of course, no one will ever know because <laughs> we don't go anywhere. We're locked in. But, uh, well, 
Well, I'm glad that you're trying something new. I mean, I, I think you've got the, you know, I obviously believe you have the talent and so do people who like to read your books. I mean, our book review staff is like bobby fingers for your books. I love your books. So, so uh, well, I still like to make them readable. You know that that that's that's uh, that's something I I I kick my you know here's here's the trajectory of this this particular novel. It was actually written before 101, and uh, I I had there there was I ended up splitting with an agent over some language and some of the storyline in, in this book because it was too harsh, and uh, so we went different ways. By the time I had landed a new agent. I had written 101, so I had two books, and we had to make a decision which one was going to get shopped. 101 got shopped, didn't get sold to the majors, so uh, uh, we went down and out. And so I thought, there's no point in shopping this book. So I kind of have – it's a bit of the – and it's a weird book for me too. It, and So it's a bit of a redheaded stepchild, and I just – I wanted to complete my quartet. I wanted to make sure that they all saw light, and, uh, and my job is done as far as I was concerned. But yeah, I think this book is – if you like my books – I think you will love this book. But if you haven't read any of my books, I'm not sure that Cold Water is maybe the, the best one to start with. You know what I mean? Any of the other three uh, novels, I think you would dig. Uh, but maybe Cold Water is just it's a it's a little bit book. different. It's, it's, yeah, it's a it's, it's 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 a little bit of a departure for your usual Tom Pitts. Uh, there are curveballs coming uh, in in your books normally that I know there's a curveball coming. I just don't have any idea what it is. But, um, but yes, this one is definitely different and, um, but I like it nonetheless. I think your writing is superior. So let's, now that we're talking about what a great book is, why don't you tell listeners about cold water and, um, give them kind of, you know, the elevator pitch and you have as much time as you want. Well, here's the, the, the elevator. <laughs> it's a tall building. <laughs> the there pitch. you go. Uh, Go right well, I just the, the 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 back of the book description. I I think I perhaps could have done a better shot. It's it's a real tough thing to try to. You don't want to give too much away, but here's the uh, uh, more colloquial nutshell for you. It's about a couple that moves uh, out to the suburbs after a miscarriage to kind of rebuild their life, right? And when they get there, they think they have some squatters across the street. Some scumbags are, are in a mysterious house, a vacant house across the street from them, and. Uh, and they start, you know, be, being pulled into this this sort of frightening uh, uh, back and forth with them, but they're not squatters. Uh, basically, it's 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 uh, a kid who's a uh, a trust fund baby gone terribly wrong, uh, the, the the most evil trust fund baby in the world. And this particular kid's got a target on his back, and uh, there's some people looking for him. And this, this poor couple who have moved out to the burbs get pulled into this huge twisted web that drags them uh, not only down but out of Sacramento. To, in San Francisco and eventually down to Malibu, where the whole thing uh, uh, sort of explodes, and it's a, it's a it's a yeah it's it's a it's a weird ride, and it's it it also uh, there's a strange sort of uh, undercurrent of uh, you know uh, excuse the pun related to the title, but uh, of of the main character, the, the the antagonist, if you will, is a uh, uh, there's there's a connection with his sort of inner conscious inner character that is. Uh, it's just something that I've never really tried before. That strange sort of uh, poetic uh, start of every fourth or fifth chapter. It's uh, it's just yeah, it's, it's it's a different book for me. So if if you want to gamble, very what the hell, four bucks, throw it down. Yeah, it's a. I think it was a very well written book, and I enjoyed it. But you know, I'm used to your quirky characters, and um, I'm used to your bad guys, 
and um, I can actually see myself living someplace where I question who my neighbors are. I I mean, I can visualize it. So in that respect, I get it completely, and I can get how you get sucked into stuff without even knowing you're getting sucked in. And and I think that's the kicker of it all, is you almost see, you know, the, the... flames on the horizon as the characters are easing that way toward that fire but and you want to say no no stay back well, it, you know? yeah. know, there, there were two books that really inspired me for this uh both written by the same guy uh uh, uh joe lansdale's uh, cold in uh cold in december and hot in july uh and uh, right. i can't remember which one is the movie hot in july is a movie right but there it's, it's it's the same thing where uh and it's my it's not my it's kind of my answer to it. It's not like I'm trying to uh, one up them, but it's definitely my sort of take on the idea of the, the, the just the regular people who get pulled into the, uh, a total yes. underworld uh, where they have to, you know, survive. And I, I just like that sort of sub genre, that sort of take on, you know, because it's because to me, that's a horror story. Because though you know the, the the characters in this book are are monsters, because the monster can really exist, then it's scary. You know, I'm not scared of the boogeyman. But I am scared right. of, you know, uh, uh, the guy who can <laughs> who can twisted. I should be scared of. Yeah, yeah. no, so, no. I mean, I get it. You know, listen, I was married to the devil the first time, so I get it completely. You know, um, my no. first husband was was a psycho, so I get it. You, you never see any of that coming. I, just like I say nowadays, you know, I'm on my ninth week of lockdown or something, and I say I I love dystopian novels. I just never thought I'd be living in one. You know, when I yeah. try to step back and. And uh, and and look at the world around me, and I say, you know, shit, this is going to be in a history book. I mean, this is going to go in a history book someplace, you know. And and yeah. generations long after you and I are gone are going to be reading about this global pandemic that, um, you know, took so many lives and made so many people sick. And while it is true that most people recover, the fact of the matter is, a lot of them don't. And so. So I get what you're saying. I really do. Jeez. Um, <laughs> so you're writing in a new book. It's totally not what you're used to doing. Um, you generally, Tom, do you start? You start off with kind of a a plot, right? No, no. I, I, I I'm, I, I'm not. I ended up having to do with this one. I got uh, pretty far in, and I realized that just sort of freewheeling at this time wasn't going to work. So I kind of went back and restructured a plot. And by, when I say plot, man, I have literal sketches, you know what I mean? Like, like scratch, like uh, un, unreadable uh, uh, notebooks where I have to kind of literally map, literally three times for real. That's nice. Uh, when I have to map stuff out, uh, you know, the, the timeline and what happened today and yesterday and who's in what room or who is where just to wow. kind of get a, a framework. And this one I, I did work all the way through the end, but it's different. It's different for that reason. It's also different. It's about a, it's about a homeless guy, not a drug addict. It's a crazy homeless guy who, uh, uh, we can't tell, but we think may see the future. He thinks he can see the future. He can see other people's future. And when some of his, uh, uh, premonitions start to come true, uh, it sort of sets off a chain of events that, uh, uh, makes all these people, you know, police reporters, uh, uh, a security guard, uh, just a uh, uh, cross section of the San Franciscans' lives and how they intersect, but because of this bizarre homeless guy who is uh, able to sort of see what's going to happen. So it's it's 
yeah, it's it's, it's a little wow. different. Wow, I like it. I like it. But then again, I like everything you write, so I might be a little bit biased. Um, now, is your daughter still an avid sports nut, or is she displaying any of her creative tendencies to you? Sports are in the rearview mirror for her. She, uh, uh, unfortunately, wow. uh, she was a, a blossoming lesbian uh, until the school shut down. She was a week away from her debut uh, in the musical. She had two numbers. We were very excited. And... Well, we all know what happened. That's, you know, that's one thing about right. the COVID thing. As you were just saying, you know, in 20 years or whatever, you know, something happens in Florida, you know, there's a hurricane there or there's an earthquake in California. You got to tell somebody in Iceland, you know, it's like, oh, well, back right. in 89, there was a quake. No one's going right. to have to be reminded about this. Everyone, right. <laughs> everyone knows. Right. Like everyone. Right. So it's, it's right. really like a common denominator we'll all have. Uh, uh, but, uh, but since the lockdown, she has. She's uh, uh, been. She hit me up for some guitar lessons. So I and I skipped the acoustic. I got her right on the, my Fender Tele and and sent her to her room. And she's been uh, she's been working hard on that. So uh, yeah, I'm hoping. I can't push too hard though. You know, she's a kid. No. So if I get too involved or excited, it'll spook her. So I kind of got to be aloof. Well, but, she's uh, also yeah. getting to that age where, you know, she'll take so much of your stuff and then that'll be it. You're you on the big freeze if you push her too hard, right? Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. She, even though she's twelve, she's about fifteen in her brain, and uh, uh, yeah, she yeah, is. She's, uh, but she steals, you know, she steals my uh, uh, my shirts, my cool ones, and uh, <laughs> adopts them. So I know she's she's a she's a very you know, she's I, a cool I, I, kid I, I, though. She's a cool kid. Although I'm sure you're miss going for Chinese together, your your outings for Chinese food. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we have we have, we have been, we've been very. Uh, uh, we we adhered to the shelter in place uh, uh, very well. Like we're we're not yeah. going anywhere. We're not playing around. Uh, right. Mostly because we want to live. But you know. Yeah. It, it's, that that that's our position. We're lucky that we're in California, and there's a uh, uh, the, the there's a lot of support in the community and the government and and, and that kind of thing. But right. uh, we're we're just we're just doing as we're told. And when they when they uh, unchain us, we'll we'll. We'll reassess, but as it is now, we're we're all uh, still sheltering in place. It's Chinese delivery. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, Tom, your this book you're writing is it close to being done? And do you have a working title on it? Uh, maybe the Prophet of Pichero Avenue, but uh, no, it's not close to being done. It's not even. Yeah, I'm. I'm I mean, I'm forty thousand words in. But I just had to go back and sort of start chopping, so I, I keep on. It keeps on. The word count keeps on getting shorter. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I have no idea if it'll ever be done, and uh, or where's it, where to. You know, when this sucker's done, I, I'm going to have to take a hard look and, and decide. Uh, you know, maybe just what, what approach I want to do to see see about getting it published. Uh, but it's yeah. So that's that's a reckoning that'll that'll happen about a year away from now. Yeah. Well, that's probably the, the soonest you'll be able to go out and, and, you know, do author signings anyway, author events. Um, you know, you and I t- have gone to a lot of conferences. We we've, we were going to get together this year in, in Sacramento, and then, of course, VoucherCon was canceled, a- as all of them have been. Um, what's your take on the future of, of traditional publishing with all of this? On on the future of traditional, I think traditional publishing will 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 be fine. I, what I don't know uh, 
is what's going to happen with, with the independence. And not because of this, just uh, because of the evolution of the business in general. I, I, I it, they just seem to be struggling even more. The, the, there, there's like a, just that sort of, uh, that, that free for all, uh, of about 10 years ago, uh, uh, seems gone. And I think even the, the few that have survived are having trouble, uh, competing. And I think that has a lot to do with traditional publishing, having uh, a bit more of a stranglehold on what were sort of, uh, was the wild west of the new avenues, the internet, you know, they didn't really know how to, uh, work the whole, you know, uh, online shopping thing. And now they got, they got, they got a better handle on it. So, uh, it's harder for the little guys, I think. You know, and I and I have spoken to some people who say they think now is the time to self-publish, be and and to publish to you know ebook, uh, on on ebooks because so many people are staying in. I don't know, and I haven't looked because I'm too busy, you know, interviewing like eight times a week. Um, I, I've tried to take in a lot of authors who we're having book releases and, you know, have no place to go. And it's across the network like that. But, um, but uh, one of my guests said that she thought it would be a good time to be an, uh, to self-publish because people were not getting physical books. They couldn't go out and buy a physical book from Costco or, or BJ's, you know, those sections were all blocked off. in stores. Right. But, but, but I, I thought, I thought about this. Yeah. That's, here's the fallacy in that is that you can order anything. So if someone wants a physical book, they can still just order from Amazon and have it delivered in two days. So that, I, I mean, I thought about that as a, uh, you know, whether it's affecting this or not. So, and, and if people, the people who like eBooks will still be ordering eBooks, whether they're locked in or not. I think that they're home, that they, they may be ordering more books if they enjoy eBooks, but I don't think people are necessarily, there may be some, but I don't think in huge numbers they're making the switch from, from hard copy to, to, ebooks and i don't think and mm. i don't think that self-publishing i mean there's an immediacy that you might get some satisfaction in, in sales from but uh, i don't think that that's a that's that doesn't really factor into the equation for me of whether it's an ebook uh sale or a, a hardcover sale you know what i mean uh right right if that makes sense it's interesting because i you know i ha- get a lot of books from publishers as you know and um that stopped when every all the publicists went and were working remotely, there was no to send out books. So I'm just curious how that's affected places where you would go and buy a physical book, a print book versus an ebook. Now, granted, bookstores were shut down until just recently. I'm sure they're starting to open up with some very restrictive policies so that everybody is safe. But I just wonder how many. Even this, not even the independents, but regular chain stores, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, place like that. I wonder how many of those are still receiving books, or if it ever stopped. Because for me, you know, I got twenty to fifty books a week, and um, and not yeah. that I read all of them, and not that I liked all of them, but that stopped completely, completely. And when I would request a book, they say we've got no one in our warehouse to send them out. Yeah, well, so, I think there's definitely um, been a, a supply chain issue on for all the book industry. You know, I mean, for, for instance, right. a lot of my books uh, never the physical the certain reviewers that demanded physical copies, uh, which there aren't that many, but uh, 
a lot, uh, several of them didn't get them because they ended up sort of caught in between in maybe the mailroom of their own building or, or in their offices that they are no longer in. Maybe it's on their desk when they come back and the end of June, they'll, they'll find my book sitting there uh, dusty. So it's, it's certainly hurt uh, that, that, that back end. So it hurt, you know, so on, on the front end too. So it's, it's a, uh, yeah, the whole supply chain has been disrupted, I guess. But uh, I still don't think that's a good reason to, uh, take something and go, you know what, I'm putting this out myself right now because uh, right. That, that, right, right, right. that for me would be a uh, a rash and impatient thing that I would regret. <laughs> so so my next thought is, you know, books in the best of times are considered a luxury to a lot of people. Um, the average reader reads, you know, one book a month maybe. Um, they're the ones that are going to go out and get their new James Patterson or their new James Jack Reacher. And those books are yeah. typically, you know, 22 to 26 bucks a hit with so much unemployment. Um, do you think that that's going to affect book sales too? Yeah, I think, well, uh, I, 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 on, on a grand scale, maybe a little, but I, you know, I, I, once again, I think for most people that I, I, I think, you know, especially if it's, if it's a book a month, maybe they'll hold off that month, but I, I don't think they probably give it thought or, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they will say, Hey, look, I can have it right now on my phone for seven ninety nine and not $30 and, and, and order, it. you know, that's, that maybe mm-hmm. uh, people will make the switch. Personally, I think everybody, should, everybody should, but, uh, I love ebooks. I love having them on multiple devices. I like having the sort of the, the whisper sync if I happen to have the audio option, or just I, I just I just like the flexibility of technology. So, uh, right, you know, so I'm 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 all for it. So if, if there's a few out there that uh, convert, but I don't I don't see it happening, uh, and I don't see I don't know. But it, golly, asking me opinions about stuff. I don't know. What do I know? I'm just a, a <laughs> Well, you know, I know you're a big audio book lover too. You like audible quite a bit. Um, uh, and from what I've heard, a lot more people are switching over to audible while they're getting their exercise in their front yard or walking around their block or like me, you know, I'm looking out the windows and seeing families going for a stroll or people doing their walk, their fast walk and all. And, and a lot of them are plugged in. I wonder if they're listening to podcasts or an audible or uh, I know my neighbor is, she said, Oh, I just started reading again. And I, she said, but I'm listening to a book on tape. I said, Oh, you're listening to audible. She said, yes. So um, I wonder if those sales will change too. I think those are, are, are exploding. And uh, uh, yeah. not because of COVID, but, but I think people are just, uh, you know, podcasts are popular now. And I think that has a lot to do with uh, previous to this is the amount of commute time people are spending, you know, and, uh, yeah. so, and, I, and that's, yeah. and that's fine too. And I was uh, loving uh, audiobooks when I was going back and forth to Sacramento. Now right. I don't have as much time to listen to them. So I haven't been enjoying them as much. And I'm kind of a hypocrite. Cause I don't put my own books out as uh, American statics out as an audio book, but that's it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I have recently been uh, forcing myself to, uh, to to listen to a little, you know, you know what I'll do now. Like for instance, I bought uh, the new Don Winslow, uh, and it's uh, all these because I, I, I goddamn uh, uh, Audible Mafia squeezes you for that fourteen bucks every month, and I have a a slew of credits built up. So if I buy a new book that I'm reading, I will uh, I'll buy the audio book as well, so I can do that. Not that I listen to simultaneously, but if I'm reading it, I'm reading it, I'm enjoying it. But if I go to the store or if I get in the shower, I can 
boop, I can keep on, you know, quote unquote, reading it. You know, I can listen to it, and when I'm out, I can turn it off and then pick up the actual book and read it from there. And I really like that. So well, I'm glad. What's the name of his new book? Ah, uh, Broken, and it's a uh, it's a collection of like uh, novella length. It's like uh, a handful of novella length stories. I um I had the opportunity to meet him when I went to Capital Crime in London this past year. He's an interesting fellow. So um I I will I've tell you met. about that. Yeah. Uh, he I don't think he does a lot of big book Off the records, record. but yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. That's fair. <laughs> uh, You've got a lot of listeners out there. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean yeah. there's you know, no it's, doubt it's, it's, that me, 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 there's no doubt. Sorry, that I was just saying, me. Huge audience. Go ahead. Yeah, and 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 it's growing. He's 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 a, a very uh, much the the as far as crime writers go, the the, the guy of the moment. Uh, I think. I don't know. I I just um, I am not. I've never been a cartel book lover because it's pretty violent and um, it's to me not entertainment Uh, and it isn't that you know listen i i love crime fiction i love thrillers i i like spy novels i i like it all but it's just i cannot get my mind around cartel books because maybe it's because i lived in miami and you know saw the carnage uh every time there was a a shoot 'em up from the cocaine cowboys and all you know you grew up with that stuff it's not that thrilling but um but well i do believe uh, that I was just going to say that the, the power of the dog in the cartel. I do believe that they are. I mean, they're almost historical fiction. I mean, they're 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 uh, thinly veiled uh, uh, based on uh, true events. So I think in, in that sense, those two books are quite an achievement, you know. And but he's got a pretty wide variety of styles and stuff he does. But uh, yeah. But but yeah, that's 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 his uh, that's his uh, side of the street. I, I work it a, is. a radically different side of the street. You know, yes, I'm, you do. I'm out here on the West Coast, uh, living with beatniks and bohemians and smoking <laughs> dope. And he's 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 well, actually, I don't know. He might live in California. I don't know, but uh, actually, yeah, I think he does. He lives in Southern California. But, uh, it's, it's yeah. So um, so here's my thing. Would you please tell everyone where they can find your website, which I know you mean to update pretty soon. I've only been bothering you for about two years on it. Um, your website is? Uh, my website is TomPitsAuthor.com, and I think it is pretty close to updated, essentially. <laughs> There's at least the uh, cold water is up and available there. Cold water is up and available blogs. there. That's, that's true. Yeah. Do you still blog? I don't even think you do. Do you? Yes, you did. Uh, I, I, did you just... I did two uh, recently. One, uh, I, I did one last Thursday, and the title was Writing is Stupid. So uh, uh, you can uh, the, enjoy that. About edition. Right, and Burden of oh, Blurbs. Yeah. yeah. So you have been. I'm so proud of you. Um, you've been writing. Well, it's just to course... pick up a little dust because I, I was trying to scrounge up a little attention for the for the book coming out. And in about a week and a half, I'm going to put my head back in the sand and, uh, and and try not to think about this stuff for a while and, and just focus on on as pretentious as it sounds. Focus on the craft. There you go. Well, I hope that you're going to do a show. Maybe you'll do. Joe Lansdale has another new book out. Um, hopefully you'll interview him again on Skid Row Chatter because it's been a while since you've done that. And now that you have all the farm, farm animals and most of them are outside or in the other house, you have no excuse not to be interviewing, right? 
<laughs> yeah. Yes, unless there's some sort of Orwellian upheaval happens here and, and the animals actually take over. <laughs> and listen, let's not put that shit into the air, okay? <laughs> Don't put that out there. <laughs> uh, the, my guest today has been Tom Pitts. Tom's newest book is Cold Water. Uh, our book team gave it a highly recommended five-star review. All of them love the book. Um, I love the book. Of course, I also love Tom. He's my brother from Anetta Mutta. So um, uh, thank you for being with me, Tom. I really appreciate it. Uh, oh, the pleasure is mine. Uh, uh, believe me. And uh, it's been great talking to you. And, well, hey, talking to – yeah, I mean talking to you, period. I haven't talked yeah, to anybody Sorry if I bent I, your ears and your listeners' ears. but. Oh, no. It's all good. You. I love it. I love it. All right, Tom. Take good care. Stay safe. My love to your family. And we'll talk again soon. Stay well, America. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. And thank you, Mom and Dad. I'll see you later. Mm -hmm.